Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this evening, Ed Montana. As you can see, there is no one alongside me today. Unfortunately, Alex is tied up and will not be able to make the show this week, so you get half positive, positive sports podcast. Nah, it's all positive, but only half of the witty banter that my brother and I uh, partake of normally. Uh, So let's get right into it. First things first, I hope everyone had a very wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, I personally, one of my favorite holidays of the year because it involves eating a lot of food, which I did. I think we mentioned last week on the podcast, our family, because of the, because we go to the in-laws and, and whatnot, we ended up doing two Thanksgivings. So we did one on Saturday last week. We did the actual Thanksgiving on Thursday this week. I ate a lot of turkey. I ate a lot of sweet potato pie. I ate a lot of food, period. I ate too much food, actually, which is not good for someone who's going to run a marathon in a week. That's right. You heard it here. I am running in the BCS Marathon on Sunday this coming week. BCS standing for Bryan College Station, about an hour and a half outside of Houston, north of Houston. For those of you familiar with the phrase College Station, that's right, home of the Texas A&M University Aggies. So I will be uh, running around Bryan College Station, probably hear a few giggums uh, while I'm out there. Probably won't hear too many hook'em horns or anything like that. Uh, But it should be a good time. It's expected to be a relatively nice day for the spectators. A little too warm for the runners. Definitely a little too warm for this runner. But we'll see. It's a training run for me. It is a... It is an opportunity to get back to the marathon. Uh, <clears throat> I have not run a marathon since January. And that was my first marathon after surgery. So it's really only, only my second marathon since knee surgery last year, middle of last year. Uh, it is a little bit of a daunting task. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit scared of uh, what can I do over 26 miles. I don't have any wild aspirations of qualifying for Boston. I, I think I'm still probably a, a little bit away from that. But I still want to go out there and I want to do well by my standards, right? Um, <clears throat> by my standards, you know, I'd, I'd like to come in under four hours. Uh, and obviously, the further under four hours, the better. But that being said, um, you know, I, I haven't tackled the distance since January. And even in January, I probably shouldn't have been tackling the distance. I wasn't really prepared. Uh, trained through the summer, but not great. Uh, so it's it's a bit of a daunting task in front of me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, on social media nowadays, you, you, you hear all the wonderful stories and you hear all the positive and everyone's excited and, you know, everyone's motivation and all that. But, you know... At the end of the day, there's the same, you know, the same fears that everyone else has. You know, even though I've done this 50 some odd times, um, there's still a a fair amount of trepidation on my part on how I'm going to do on Sunday. Um, You know, I'm worried, uh, to be be perfectly frank. Uh, I don't think my training has been as good as it needs to be. I, I performed well at a half marathon at the end of October, um, but, you know, 
it's hard to project uh, a half marathon performance out to the marathon. I mean, there's formulas and whatnot, but <clears throat> you really never know. Um, it's just it, it, the, the distance is so much greater. It's so daunting. Um, I, I'm in for a tough one on Sunday, I think. And uh, hopefully next week I can report back with some good news. Uh, and hopefully I can report back at all. Hopefully I'll still be in one piece. But, you know, we'll see. This is um, this is part of uh, why I love doing it. I love testing myself. I love uh, putting that challenge out in front of me and, and seeing what I can do. And, um, you know, I've like I said, I've run 50 some odd marathons and there have been times where I've done great and there have been times where I've failed. Um, but that's that, that's life, right? So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it my best and I'm excited to, to, to run around College Station and uh, see a, quite a bit of the university it runs around the campus a lot. And so I think from a from an aesthetics perspective... It'll be it'll be fun, and I hear you know it's got great crowd support, and uh, I'm I'm very excited to go and, and perform at College Station and see what I can do in the marathon. So I don't know how we got from the marathon, we got to the marathon from Thanksgiving, but that's uh that's uh, that's that's what's going on, right? That's what's going on. Uh, the other thing for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, you'll notice I still have the beard. And you're going to say, Ed, it's no longer No Shave November. What are you doing? Get rid of that god-awful half Santa Claus, half young guy beard you got working. Um, I decided to keep it one more one more day. Um, actually, to be honest, I just didn't feel like shaving this morning. You know, first day back after a long weekend. It was kind of hard to get motivated. Uh, and it was hard to get moving this morning. And so I got a little lazy and uh, I decided to keep it for another day or two. I don't think it'll make it to Sunday uh, just because I don't think I want to run a marathon with a beard. I don't know why. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Certainly not going to create so much drag that it's going to affect my time. But I just feel like it's probably best to get rid of it for the marathon. So that being said, I still have a beard. But look, just because it's not November doesn't mean the message isn't the same. Men, change the face of men's health. Take care of yourselves. Go get your annual checkups, your physicals. Go get your colonoscopies or whatever that stuff is. Whatever you have to do, men over 40, 50, whatever the ages are, take care of yourselves. Go get your annual physical. Make sure you're in tip-top shape so that you're around for your family and friends for a good long time. Women, tell the men in your lives to go get a physical and take care of themselves because you want them around for a good long time. So, the message does not change even though we are no longer in November. We're in December. <clears throat> and look, when you get to December, the NFL season starts to get really interesting. I really wish my brother was here because right off the bat on Thanksgiving Day, we had just... <sighs> You know, my brother and I have been having this argument about the NFC East, and we've been arguing all year. He insists that the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. I insist that the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. And right now, it seems like neither one of them wants to win the NFC East. My goodness, the Cowboys looked lethargic and seemingly incapable of moving the football at all on Thursday against the Buffalo Bills and ended up losing that game 26-15. 
they just don't look like their offense is firing on any cylinders, let alone all cylinders. And <clears throat> look, it's going to be a problem. They don't have a particularly easy schedule the rest of the way. Um, it's, <clears throat> you know, they have a head-to-head matchup with the Eagles, who generally play them well. You know, <clears throat> it just does not look good. It does not look easy. Uh, it does not look like they're a team who's going to make the playoffs. They have, uh, you know, they have four games left now. They are 6-6. Six and six. They have four games left. They have to go to Chicago, which, again, is a decent defense. They're going to have a hard time moving the ball, I believe, again. Then they play the Rams, another good defense. Then the Eagles, and they finish up with the Redskins. They could conceivably go 1-3 and in those games. And that's not... I say that's not going to cut it, but when I get to the Eagles, you'll see that 1-3 and may very well cut it because the Eagles are another team that just does not seem to want to win. Uh... <clears throat> but sticking with the Cowboys, they face tough defenses the rest of the way. And albeit, they, they won't have to score a whole lot to beat the Bears or the Rams for that matter. Um, the fact that they can't get the offense going is a problem. And I don't know what the solution is. It sure seems like Jason Garrett is coaching for his life. Um, <clears throat> if they don't make the playoffs, he's gone for sure. And personally, I think if they don't make the Super Bowl, he's probably gone. I, I think even if he makes it to the NFC Championship game, it's not going to be enough. The team is just not showing any progress. Uh, it's the same problem over and over again. They have talented players at the skill positions, but they just don't seem to have what it takes uh, to win games against decent opponents. You know, they, they just... They're not they're not beating teams that are decent, and in the playoffs that's all they're going to see. So even if they make the playoffs, I think they're one and done. Um, on the other side, you've got the Eagles, which I'm not quite sure what they're doing. Uh, they look like a team who just doesn't want to play anymore. I, I I just don't I don't know how else to explain it. I know they've had some injuries and it's been a problem, but I mean they couldn't beat the Dolphins yesterday. The Dolphins ran trick plays on them. Um, they just don't look like a team that wants to. They they don't look like a team that wants to win. They they don't look like they want to play football, which I is baffling to say. And I I can't imagine that that's true for a team that is, you know, they're five and seven and. They're still, you know, obviously very much in the hunt. Um, but, you know, they've got some injuries. I'll give them that. But they're still the most talented, again, in my opinion, still more talented than the Cowboys. They have good players. Their receiving core is probably not the best. But they've got a good offensive line, good a good quarterback. Um, defensively, I think they're very they're very good. They've got to do something, though. Their last four games, now they'll get a little bit of medicine in the next two weeks before that showdown with the Cowboys because they've got the Giants, the Redskins, then the Cowboys, and then the Giants again. So from a strength of schedule perspective, certainly the Eagles look like they've got the easier road to hoe. Um, and I still think they're more talented. But then again, with their performance at Miami this weekend, who knows what's going on with that. 
I really kind of feel bad that <clears throat> I started with kind of such a downer because really what I should be talking about is what was the game of the week between yesterday between the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it was everything we wanted and hoped for. They were uh, two teams kind of really going at it. Uh, close game came down to the, the final seconds where Justin Tucker hit a game-winning uh, 49-yard field goal, 48-yard field goal, something like that. Not a short one, not a gimme uh, by any stretch, but Justin Tucker is also the most accurate kicker in NFL history. So, uh, Mr. Automatic, well, maybe not automatic, but Mr. Almost Automatic did what Mr. Almost Automatic always does. He made his field goal in not great conditions. It was rainy and windy in Baltimore yesterday and gave the Ravens a win that puts them <clears throat> tied with the uh, New England Patriots now for the top record in the in the AFC, which is a big deal. Um, we'll get to the Patriots in a second, but they've got the tiebreaker over the Patriots, so if those two teams remain tied at the top, the Ravens would have home field advantage in an AFC championship game scenario against those Patriots. Um Look, there's not enough that can be said about Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore Ravens offense. I mean, they they didn't light up the scoreboard uh, yesterday. It was only 20 points, but San Francisco's a damn good defense and uh, in not great conditions. And Lamar Jackson continues to impress and amaze. I said a couple of weeks ago that I was leaning more towards Russell Wilson as the MVP than Lamar Jackson. Let me tell you something, folks. And the Seahawks haven't played yet this week, so... You know, who knows what we'll think in a couple of hours when that game's over. It is razor-thin close between those two. Those two guys, to me, are head and shoulders above everyone else in the MVP talks right now. They're both having fantastic seasons. Statistically, Russell Wilson looks a lot better because he's your more traditional quarterback. But what Lamar Jackson is doing, uh, running the ball as well as throwing the ball... Man, it is super impressive, and uh, he's carrying that team, and he's a young guy, right? It's his second season as a starter. He is um, he's really playing fantastic football, and that offense at times looks unstoppable because they have guys that can run the football. They have guys that can catch the football, and then you've got Lamar Jackson who can throw it or run. makes it very difficult to defend. Um, they were breaking down some plays on ESPN yesterday, and it, it's just, it, it's pick your poison. You know, you either trap down to get the running back on the run and let Lamar Jackson go, or you stay wide, leave the hole in the middle because you want to contain Lamar Jackson, and then you have running backs, I mean, running like a hot knife through butter. It is incredibly difficult to deal with that team offensively. On the other side, the 49ers acquitted themselves quite nicely. They look like... The real deal. They're ten and two. They started off eight and zero, so they're only two and two in their last four. And I know people are gonna poo-poo that and be like, "Well, you know, they got off to a hot start because they didn't play anybody." And that's partially true. But at the end of the day, ten and two is still ten and two. It's still the best record in the a uh, in in all of football, right? It ties them with, um, <clears throat> it ties them with the Saints, the Ravens, and uh, the Patriots. So. You know, they're still a damn good football team, and they've got a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. They've got the Saints, 
which that'll be a tough game in New Orleans. But then they've got the Falcons, who, you know, the Falcons are pretty much done this year. The Rams were not that good. And defensively, they shellacked them a few weeks ago. And then they've got, you know, the, the one at the end with the with the Seahawks, which could very well determine who wins the NFC West, which is a big deal because it's going to be the difference between playing wild card weekend and not playing wild card weekend. And I'm telling you, having a week off at the end of the season is a big plus. It's one of the reasons why 80% of the time the one and two seed wins out in that divisional playoff game. Um, <clears throat> so it's <clears throat> it's critically important. The rest of their schedule is, uh, you know, not tough, not that tough in my opinion, but they do have some real difficult games in there. It should be pretty interesting for them, but they are a damn good football team. And here's the thing: defensively, they are rock solid. Probably one of the best teams in the NFL. Not probably, definitely one of the best teams in the NFL on defense, if not the best team on defense. They are going to give people fits. It's not going to be easy when you deal with them. They will. Always be in the football game. Uh, it's one of the reasons that when I saw a six-point spread or seven-point spread early in the week on the Ravens, I thought, well, Vegas has just lost their mind and fallen in love with what they saw on Monday night from Lamar Jackson. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they just think that the Niners are, are the same team. And it's a little bit different when you play the Niners. That defense will keep them in football games all the way through. Uh, that was... In my opinion, the best game of the weekend, uh, <clears throat> the shocking game of the weekend. Well, maybe not shocking, but because there was a, a couple of shockers. But the one game where it's it's so hard to get a read on both of these teams now. Well, the Sunday night game between the Patriots and the Texans. The Texans, I've been saying all year, uh, you know, you guys have heard me rant about the Texans and how they're the best 8-4 and four team in the league and the worst 8-4 and four team in the league. Um, <clears throat> you know, they have taken command of the uh, of the AFC South. But, you know, they're one game up on the Titans, two games up on the Colts, and four games up on the Jaguars. And that's, you know, when you're not tied for the top in that division, that's pretty much taking control. But they got a big win last night against the New England Patriots. A New England Patriots team that offensively looks lost. And quite frankly, for the first time now, I think we can safely say Tom Brady looks old. I mean, Tom Brady looked really old last night. <clears throat> he didn't look like a 42-year-old quarterback. He looked like a 52-year-old quarterback. And I, it, it pains me to say that. I am a huge Tom Brady fan. But Tom Brady looks out of sorts. And I understand he doesn't have much help. White and Edelman are pretty much his only two options. White is not the best running back on the planet. Um, he, he, he is a pretty good pass catcher. Um, and Edelman's good, but they've got nothing else. I, I'm not quite sure what they're doing with Sanu. I don't know what the situation was with Antonio Brown and why they let him go. I'm not quite sure what happened with Josh Gordon that they put him on IR and effectively released him. I'm not sure what those situations are. But the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> there is very little help for Tom Terrific, for Tom Brady. And he looked completely out of sorts yesterday. And quite frankly, I don't, 
I don't think the Texans did anything all that special. <clears throat> you know, the, the, the mantra has always been when you play the Patriots, you got to put pressure on Tom Brady. <clears throat> the Texans put pressure on him, but it wasn't crazy. It's not like Tom Brady was looking at the lights all night, you know, on his backside. He didn't get that much pressure last night. And the amount of errant throws, be it he misread the, the coverage or the receiver ran the wrong route or what, I don't know. But there were a ton of them. He looked lost. And the team looked lost. I mean, he was 24 of 47, barely over 50%. This is Tom Brady we're talking about. Barely over 50%. In a game where they were behind most of the game, so they had to throw the ball more. And <clears throat> still, 24 of 47. I mean, he had 326 yards. He had a TD and an intercept, three TDs and an interception. Not a terrible stat line, but that 24 for 47 should tell you something. There's something wrong there. And I don't, again, I'm not sure if it's the talent. Tom Brady has done much better with, you know, with not much talent before. So what's going on there? I don't know. But right now, they don't look like they deserve the top seed in the AFC. And quite frankly, if they have to play in the playoffs today, yikes. Yikes. I wouldn't want the Chiefs. I wouldn't want to play them if I'm the Patriots. I wouldn't want to play I wouldn't want to play the Texans again. They just beat the beat them pretty pretty handily last night. Who are the other playoff teams? Obviously not the Ravens. Heck, you might not even want to play the Bills. But in the next couple of weeks we're going to find out because they have the Bills and the Chiefs left on their schedule. So the Patriots, you know, usually by the time we get to December, the Patriots are starting to look like a team that's going to contend contend for a Super Bowl spot and eventually for a Super Bowl win. They're not looking like that team this December. As we head into December, they look lost. And they better find it quick because it does not get any easier. The schedule's half and half the rest of the way. They've got a tough one against the Chiefs, albeit at home. Then they go to Cincinnati. That should be a win. But And then they host the Bills. Again, another tough game. And then finally they finish off with the Dolphins at home. Their saving grace is they play three out of four at home. But they have two very... Tough games, two games that if they play the way they played last night, they're going to lose. And 12-4 and might not get you the top spot, not when Baltimore holds a tiebreaker. So it is looking pretty dicey for the Patriots. They need to figure something out, and they need to figure something out quick. Um, if If we continue to look at the AFC Man, the Bills look like a shoe-in for a wild-card spot, if not the division, I dare say. I mean, if they if they manage to win out somehow, uh, you know, they they could be they could actually win that division and maybe even get a bye, which is kind of shocking. But they have the third best record in the in the in the in the AFC. Now, they've got a bit of a tough road to hoe. They've got the Ravens this week, albeit at home, so that's a plus for them. But then they go to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh has been really pesky, right? We'll get to the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game in a little bit. But the Steelers have been the kind of team that have just kind of hung around and grinded it out and grinded it out. They've had a tough a tough road. They've had a lot of injuries. But here we are, 12 games played. They're 7-5 and five and, and, and looking like they could make a playoff run. And then they've got the, the Bills have the Patriots, and then they finish off with the Jets. So... Not a horrible 
horribly difficult schedule, but not easy either. But the way the, the way the Patriots are playing, they could falter, and hence the uh, the Bills could jump in and win that division. It'd be the first time the the Patriots have only lost the division once in the last 15 years. I think it was the year Brady went down in the second game of the season with a busted knee. So, you know, it's looking tough. The, all of a sudden, the AFC East is interesting. It's certainly at the top, and the bottom is is still terrible. Uh, in, in the North, the Steelers are 7-5. and five. Don't think they're going to catch the Ravens, but they are looking good for a playoff spot. They are currently tied with Tennessee for that last playoff spot, and I think they have the tiebreaker. So, you know, they've got everything to play for. A word about the Steelers-Browns game. It amazes me, in a way, that there are organizations that never seem to quite get over the hump. They never seem to make it to the Super Bowl. They never seem to be a dominant force in their division. They never seem to be a team that is seriously talked about as a Super Bowl contender. And just like in business, it all starts at the top. And the Browns this week showed why they're one of those teams that never seem to get it. They showed why they're one of those teams that never really seem to be in the Super Bowl conversation. They showed why they're one of those teams that never really seem like a dominant force in their division. Now, I know all the talking heads on ESPN like talking about the Browns. They were the sexy pick. They had Baker Mayfield. They got Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah, they were the sexy They were the sexy talk. But they weren't that good. And we knew it right away when they got blasted by the Titans the first game of the season. But as the season goes on and things happen, you really start to understand it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's an organizational thing. It's not one thing. But when you've got a rivalry game, two weeks after you played this team and you beat them pretty soundly and had that ugly incident at the end of the game, and then you go out and wear a t-shirt that said Pittsburgh started it, and I'm talking about Freddie Kitchens, I'm talking about the head coach, the top, right, the top of the Cleveland Browns, the leader of the Cleveland Browns, their head coach, walking around, Wearing a Pittsburgh started a t-shirt. Why would you put that pressure on your players? Why would you do that? And don't give me this garbage about, oh, it was a joke. It, it A, it's not funny. And B, you're not a comedian, man. You're not a comedian. Leave the jokes to Dave Chappelle. You're not funny. You're a football coach. You're the leader of an organization. You're not meant to be funny. You're meant to get W's for your organization. You're meant to lead your men every single Sunday and push them and put them in the best positions to win football games. That's your job. Leave the funny stuff to Chris Rock. And even the whole joke thing is stupid and a lie because if it was a joke gift from your daughters, you wouldn't have been wearing it at the movie theater. 
Oh, and you wouldn't have been taking pictures with fans at the movie theater. So don't tell me. Not only, not only do you not understand what your first priority is as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, but then you try to cover it up. Then you, you realize that you did the wrong thing. And now you're trying to explain it away. Well, look what happened. Two weeks later, you faced a team that you thoroughly dominated two weeks ago, and you lost. And you lost by seven. And now, your hopes of making the playoffs are dimming. And they're dimming pretty fast. You're five and seven now. Why? Because part of the reason why, and I don't care what you say, is because you decided to be funny and wear a t-shirt. You're not funny, bro. You're a head coach. You're a football guy. Be a football guy. Now, is that why they lost? No, of course not. But it just goes to show that it's an organization that is not focused 100% on the task at hand, which is winning football games. Winning football games. That's the task at hand. You don't see Mike Tomlin... Where Cleveland started at t-shirts. You don't see that. And now you've got a Pittsburgh team decimated by injuries. Got off to a terrible start. Lost their leader. Have lost. They lost a great running back in the last year. They lost a great wide receiver in the last year. Their roster is decimated from a talent perspective. They're 7-5. They're 7-5 and, and fighting for a playoff spot. Trying to win football games. You don't see Bill Belichick wearing funny t-shirts, do you? No, man. That guy is 100% focused on winning football games. Know what your job is, Freddie Kitchens. And I hate to get on a guy about something simple like wearing a t-shirt. You know, I understand it's not the end of the world. But it just goes to show that in the Cleveland Browns organization, not everyone is 100% focused on winning football games. On making the organization a winner. We've talked more about the Browns suspensions, watches, shoes, t-shirts than we have about their football. And that's a terrible statement to make about an organization. Because we don't talk about that stuff with the Patriots. We haven't talked about that stuff with the 49ers. We haven't talked about that stuff with the Packers. We haven't talked about that stuff with the Ravens or the Chiefs. You get my point? Those organizations that I just rattled off the top of my head, winners. Everyone in the organization is focused on winning. They're focused on the football team and the football games and the job at hand. They're not worried about taking cute pictures with a funny t-shirt that someone gave them for Christmas or for their birthday or whatever. They're not trying to be comedians. They're trying to be football people. Their football players are trying to be football players. Their football coaches are trying to be football coaches. And everyone in the organization is trying to win football games. That's your job. You are not Dave Chappelle. You are not funny. Stop trying to be funny. Start trying to win football games. And until that culture changes in Cleveland, I'm sorry Cleveland fans, This is what you're going to get. This is exactly what you're going to get. 
You're going to get almost good. Maybe we'll make the playoffs next year. We're trend. We're trending in the right direction, but you're not going to be a serious contender. You're not going to be talked about with the dominant teams in the NFC in in the AFC. You're not going to be talked about as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Sure, some talking head on TV will want to get some clicks, and he'll say, "My pick." for the Super Bowl this year are the Cleveland Browns. But he doesn't mean it. He's just trying to get clicks. And you're not a Super Bowl contender. And this is part of the reason why. And I'm sorry I'm going in so hard on Freddie Kitchens. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But the fact of the matter is, he messed up. He forgot that he was Freddie Kitchens and not Chris Rock. Sorry. It happens. Amazing, absolutely amazing to me that that the whole thing even happened. Uh, in the AFC West, the Chiefs won big over the Raiders. The Raiders look like they're fading. Uh, not quite sure what the problem is in Oakland, but they, they look like they're struggling big time. It seems like, you know, my brother mentioned this, they had all that time away from Oakland and, you know, back and forth to the East Coast several times into London. It seems like it's finally caught up with them. They seem to be on tired legs and they don't seem to have the focus needed to win football games. And yesterday was they just got completely outclassed and run all over by a Raiders team that by a Chiefs team that is, that is pretty good. And they're starting to get it. They're starting to get together. They're starting to really come together and, and, and get some results. Partially, they're starting to get healthy. I think Mahomes is getting healthier. I think in a couple of weeks, they're going to be a very dangerous out. Certainly by the time the playoffs roll around, they're going to be a real problem. Um, <clears throat> back to the NFC. Uh, the Packers won. They hold, a one, they hold a half game lead over the Vikings, who play tonight against Seattle. Going to be a fantastic football game. I hope you guys watch that. It should be a good time. I mean, that that should be a good game. If I'm not mistaken, it's in Seattle. And uh, look, it's 7-7 early second quarter. So I think you're going to get a good football game there. Uh, I expect a high-scoring affair because I think both of those offenses are on 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 a special trajectory. You know, we haven't talked a whole lot about Kirk Cousins. He's not a sexy pick for MVP, but he has... He's got some great numbers and uh, lots of touchdowns, very few interceptions. Quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over can go a long way. So it should be a great game. I hope you guys are watching that. Uh, but the Vikings and the Packers, I think, are going to fight it out till the very end. Uh, the Vikings have uh, the Lions, Chargers, Packers, and Bears the rest of the way. So not an easy schedule. You know, not a, not a tough schedule. Um you know, that, that Chargers game is a bit of a trap game because it's in L.A., but the rest of it looks, you know, manageable. And it'll be tough, a tough game with the Packers in Week 16. Should be a lot of fun uh, seeing that. The Packers on the other side, <clears throat> you know, they beat up on the lowly Giants. They get the Redskins and the Bears before playing the uh, the Vikings again up in Minnesota. And then they finish off with the Lions, who are also struggling. Um <clears throat> you know, it, the next two weeks, they got to win the next two weeks because after that it gets tough. Uh, the Vikings will be a tough game in Minnesota for them. And don't don't sleep on that last game of the season. 
because the Lions, for some reason, always play the Packers tough at home. So uh, those two are going to duke it out. The good thing for them is, you know, they there's there's one spot I think available in terms of the playoffs <clears throat> because the NFC East is only getting one team, whichever team dare I say, wants it more between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I don't think either one of them wants it at this point. Uh, only the Saints are going to make it from the South. Everyone else is 5-7 and seven or worse in the South. And then out West, the Niners and the Seahawks, I think, are going to make it 10-2, and 9-2 and two respectively. Uh, but the Rams are 7-5, and five, and uh, it, it'll be tough for um, <clears throat> the Rams to overcome uh, the Vikings and the, and the Packers. Uh, again, if, they, if, if the Vikings win tonight and they're both nine and three. It's going to be tough for the Rams to make up two games on on either one of those teams. So <clears throat> that the NFC looks pretty clear cut. <coughs> uh, the interesting fight, really, I think, is in the AFC between the Steelers and the uh, and the Titans, uh, the Patriots and the Bills. I think that those are both very interesting scenarios at this point uh, because. You know the the if you go by the way teams are playing, man, it's tough. Uh, the Patriots do not look good. The Bills look like they're moving in the right direction, firing on almost all cylinders. Uh, the Steelers are, are playing decent football in spite of a few hiccups here and there. The Titans look unbeatable sometimes. I mean, they're running the ball really well. So it's going to be uh, pretty interesting the rest of the way, for sure. How's that for? Oh, word. So, <clears throat> if you guys want to get a hold of us, if you want to share your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns or anything else going on in the NFL, please feel free to email the show. This, the email for the show is positivesports10 at gmail.com. Positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to tear into me for tearing into your Browns, you can reach me on Twitter at emontana21. And my brother... Uh, He's a big Bills fan this year because he's been picking all their games right. He uh, he seems to have the he seems to be the Bills whisperer this year. You can reach him on Twitter as well at Brooklyn Gaucho One. Uh, with that, uh, I don't have much else for you guys. The NFL is pretty much my only focus this week, uh, probably because I spent so much time eating and I had time to do anything else. Uh, <clears throat> so. Get ready. All of your conference championship games, I believe there's nine of them, are coming up this week. We have some really good matchups. Oregon and Utah on Friday night should be a good one. Ohio State-Wisconsin, I think, will be a a great game as well. Uh, LSU-Georgia is going to be a great game. Uh, We were treated to some some pretty exciting football games over the weekend. That Alabama-Auburn game was something to behold. Auburn uh, played them tough, and it was a great game to the very end. Uh, missed field goal at the very end by Alabama, uh, made sure that Auburn won the football game. But it's it's exciting stuff. We're getting to, to the best part of the college football season, the conference championships, and then bowl games where you get basically two or three football games every day for a couple of weeks. It's a good time. Uh, so with that, I am going to leave you guys because I want to go watch the Vikings and the Seahawks. As always, folks, feel free to reach out to us. Catch the show on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, whatever platform you choose to watch or listen to podcasts. Um, 
Feel free to contact the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to my brother and myself, myself, emontana21 on Twitter, my brother, Brooklyn Gaucho one on Twitter. And uh, I guess I will see you guys next week. I will be a little sore and hopefully happy with my performance. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully we'll have Alex back next week. I'm sure we will. He doesn't like to miss these, so it's usually something pretty important that keeps him away. But he will be back next week as well. With that, folks, enjoy your post-Thanksgiving blues. Enjoy your shopping. I hope everyone's doing their, their Christmas shopping already or their holiday season shopping. And more importantly, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity.